Welcome, everybody, to another book review from the Sanctified Mind podcast. And fear not, the Reformed Baptist has returned. Thank goodness. You thought I wouldn't hear that part, didn't you? What are you talking about? Where you, where you tried to imply, imply that uh, only Presbyterians were Reformed. I heard you. I heard you. I stand by what I said. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we are here to discuss and review a book that I chose, the Death of Death and the Death of Christ by the venerated John Owen, who was a Congregationalist but is still considered to be Reformed, even though he wasn't a Presbyterian because he left Presbyterianism. Anyways, a, little mad, a little mad about that. Huh? Well, it's been a month. I haven't been on. You know, you guys tried to supplant me and tell me, hey, we're going to do the podcast on a certain day I show up. Is this Nobody's a book here. on baptism? Not yet. Okay. So what really happened last week, last month, was they, they told me on a different day and they tried to replace me, but I wasn't having it. So um, so anyway, as the late J.I. Packer said of Owen uh, in his introduction, which I think is better than any introduction I could have done, so I wanted to go ahead and read it says, Owen was by common consent the weightiest Puritan theologian, and many would bracket him with Jonathan Edwards as one of the greatest Reformed theologians of all time. Born in 1616, he entered Queens College, Oxford, at the age of 12, and secured his M.A. in 1635 when he was 19 years old. In his early 20s, conviction of sin threw him into such turmoil that for three months he could scarcely utter a coherent word on anything. But slowly he learned to trust Christ and so found peace. He became a pastor in 1637. And in the 1640s, he was the chaplain to Oliver Cromwell. And in 1651, he was made dean of Christ Church in Oxford's largest college. And, well, I'm not going to read all this stuff. It's going too long. Sorry, anyway, you said that he was the chaplain when he was 24 to the king? Is that what you just said? No, he's the chaplain to Oliver Cromwell, who led the English Civil War. That's still a pretty became, important guy. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, that's a that's a huge deal. Yeah, okay. Cromwell's pretty awesome. We might do one of his books or the, his biography sometime. So you guys got to watch the movie Cromwell with Richard Burton. It's a great movie. Also, I did want to note that you said greatest reformed theologian. And I would just submit one of the greatest reformed congregationalist theologians. Just for the record, how many distinctions <laughs> do you want to make? For the record. <laughs> how many distinctions do you want to make? All right. Well, uh, so yeah, the book's about limited atonement. Uh, it's it's considered probably the go-to book on limited atonement for people who really, really want to suffer for a while and uh, work really hard to understand what's being said. But I picked it, so what do you guys think about it? Well, I would say that it's a book definitely not just on limited atonement. Um, that might be an implication that's raised, but uh, this is a book about the atonement of Christ, and it just shows the depths that, you know, even after you have been a Christian for a long time, and think you know quite a bit about, oh, yeah, Christ's death and resurrection, his ascension. These are all good things that Christ did, and he did it for us. There's so many deeper layers that you can always get into when you come to a book like this, and it's, you know, three to 400 pages. It's not just, you know, words that are there for no reason. They're, they're all written with an intention. He was younger than us when he wrote this. It puts me to shame somewhat. <laughs> um, and it it just shows you how much there is to dive into scripture about, and it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. Like Ryan said, I definitely felt, uh, you know, we started reading it. I was like, Oh, atonement, you know, it's pretty simple. Limited atonement. It's pretty simple. Um, but just reading this book, I did feel almost overwhelmed. You know, I think it's, it's a, a tall order to really read it and study it and understand it in a month. Um, sorry, and, but then it also made me, as I was reading it, I wanted to go in like uh, specific topics or something. I was like, oh, I want to go research this outside the book now. So I think it fits well into like a broader look at the death of Christ. And, uh, 
I did get funny looks when I told like family and stuff we're reading the death of death and the death of Christ. Like, it's a very wordy like it's a title, you know. But but it, it's a it definitely is a book that makes you think. It's definitely an exhaustive look at the death of Christ. So yeah i I was not prepared for um, how complex reading Owen really was. I mean, he I've I've been told many times he's difficult to read. But I haven't read too much by him, but I jumped into this book and I, I'd, I've never been exhausted by a book before, but I'd read a handful of pages and then I'm, I'd have to put it down because I'm like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm worn out. So uh, I would say Owen is definitely, um, this book specifically, is definitely something that should not be attempted in a month. Um, probably something better off suited for like a, a group study led by elders and things like that um, stretched over some time, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good, uh, in-depth read. Um, but nonetheless, something that, uh, may not be applicable to everyone everywhere they are. Um, definitely more for the advanced, if you want to say. Yeah. It's, it's not milk. It's, it's meat. You know, you want to, um, have some foundation before you you try to get into a book like this. And uh, I say that as somebody who's read theology relatively more than, I guess, the general populace, I still had struggles with this book. And it wasn't just all about, you know, he wrote in the 1600s. There was some weight to it, um, you know, and, and that is something that you don't enter into without a little bit of caution and approaching it, like I think Daniel said, as as a topic that you get into, but also want to say, oh, this caused me to think about something. Now I'm going to go look into that topic a little bit more elsewhere or try to research what does this mean? And and there's quite a bit of topics that Owen covers in the book that we could get into um, that are not just limited to limited atonement. But yeah, it's not something that you can just get into without having some solid foundation of the fundamentals of Christianity. Yeah. And it's not just that it's a uh a weighty topic, right? I mean, it's combined with the fact that it's, you know, written a long time ago in the old English, you know, and Owen writes in a very particular way. And I've heard like Owen's scholars say like, you have to learn to read Owen, you know? So having said that, like, like both said, um, it's not just the topic, like, you know, it, 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 you have to be committed to learning to read Owen's. And, um, I think it's well worth it for, people that are very interested in this topic and want to take like an exhaustive look at the death of Christ, because uh, like both said at the start, it is a, you know, it, it hasn't been surpassed as far as a, a work that, you know, just covers the total scope of it in depth and, um, you know, accurately. So it's a great book, but again, yeah, not something that everyone should read or not, not something that everyone should feel they have to read. Right. Um, and but, I would also say that you don't necessarily have to agree with Owen at every single point. Maybe we get into that more when we do the actual post-discussion on relevant topics that are covered in the book. Um, But the importance of Owen here, I think, is what cannot be understated. Owen is somebody that people even now, you're talking about Owen scholars, they're going back to him because what he wrote was very in-depth and comprehensive. It went into a lot of areas that I would never have thought of had it not been for a book like this. Right. And that's where, you know, you get that interest. It's, you know, there, there's that depth to scripture that, um, having somebody more mature in the faith than you, that's a benefit, you know, discipling you in, in a way. 
I think that that gets back to some of the things we talked about before when it comes to reading the old dead guys. You have a few advantages. One, you you have to acknowledge that God doesn't bless everybody with the same type of mind. You know, everybody has different limitations. Everybody, you know, God God's made everybody differently. But we have the advantage now of looking back in history and seeing some of the people that God has given the greatest intellects, the greatest minds, you know, people like Jonathan Edwards, John Owens, these great thinkers um, in the Christian faith that we have the, the privilege to go back, to read, to understand. Um, but you have to be willing to, to definitely dig into it. Um, you have to stand on the shoulders of giants. You don't just allow that the giants are there and say, oh, well, you know, Owen did this, so I don't have to do anything else about it. Or I shouldn't, you know, get interested. It doesn't make as much difference to me, or I could never measure up to somebody like Owen. It's not what it's about. You're not trying to compare yourself to some person, although it is <laughs> somewhat hard when you're reading a book like this and you're the age that we are, which is basically the age that he was when he wrote this and not think about what more you could be doing. And some, some of that is probably God working in your life to th- make you think about those things, you know, working in you to want to do more for the kingdom. And so you look back to how the church has risen and, and grown and advanced the kingdom, and that should make you want to also advance the kingdom for future generations to come. I also like the—I mean, the book is just slam full of Scripture, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just yeah. constantly— He's not, you know, arguing beyond scripture to make his position right on, on the atonement, on limited atonement and stuff. Uh, it's very clear from, you know, the book that the book is meant to deal with scripture and give a biblical account of what the Bible says about the death of Christ and, uh, and the death of death. So I, I really appreciate that. And again, because of that, it's one of those books that you could read very slowly, you know, chasing out all the scriptures and everything and, um, you know, chasing those scriptures out and the scriptures that those lead to, you know, so, uh, yeah, very, very exhaustive topic and yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I do plan on studying it more in depth in the future or just using it as part of, you know, other studies and referencing back to it on things surrounding the atonement and the death of Christ for sure. So, and that's a good point. The, the book is so in depth and exhaustive with its exegesis, with its references to scripture and all these things that you could literally use it as like a strategy guide for defending limited atonement. He wrote, he was writing primarily against a guy named Thomas More, which I, who I'd never heard of before reading this book, but apparently was a very well-known, very famous at the time um, theologian that, you know, was an Arminian um, or, you know, non-Calvinist theologian. He was writing it as a response to him. And I went through John Gerstner's lecture series on this book. I, I didn't finish it, but he said that, you know, Thomas More was an able exegete himself. You know, his own work, um, who Gerstner had read it, Thomas More's work before they read John Owen's work, he said that it was replete with scripture as well. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a, definitely a book that you, you, it's not a one-off kind of book. You're going to need to revisit it. Um, I, I read it, bare, I'm usually not pressed to finish books the day of recording a podcast, but I certainly was today. I finished it by the skin of my teeth. Um, I didn't finish it. Well, it's okay, man. But I had the, I was cheating though. I had the audible and I would listen and I would read and I would that listen and I would read. Yeah. And then sometimes I'd listen <laughs> while I read, which helped. Um, Owen is is just the way he writes. You almost have to say it out loud to really get it. Otherwise, you have to keep going back to wait what over and over and over. And if you stop, were you stopping to do the the scripture references? Not all of them, but I mean, that would take forever. 
I was skimming some sections. I mean, I got through the book, but I didn't like read it exhaustively. So, yeah, I don't know that John Owen would have a problem with us saying that it doesn't. You know, we we finish this in a month, like it's some sort of challenge that we're supposed to have finished this book without having meditated on what it really meant. So yeah. I think he'd be okay with that. Especially um, when he came back and saw how limited we were in our learning and our uh, intellects nowadays. When, when he got yeah. to the end of it, of listening to us talk about it, he's like, are you guys sure you read my book? <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, um, not much more else to say. Do you guys have anything else you want to say? Uh, I'll give a recommendation for those who are ready for it. Um, and that doesn't mean, well, I'm not ready for it. It means challenge yourself to go through the scripture, challenge yourself to build your faith up. And what I would end on is first uh, Corinthians 15, where it kind of explains where I think Owen's book title came from. Personally speaking, the death of death in the death of Christ, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ put to death, death. That's a great point. Um, the book is ultimately a very encouraging read because of the topic, you know, that that's a great point that uh, we as Christians, that is our hope, right? The death of death and the death of Christ. So, Yep. So read it and read it again, read it again and again and again, and then maybe you'll understand it. But nonetheless, yeah, it's a, I concur. It's a great book. Shouldn't and then be, talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't be the first book you read on the subject of limited atonement, I would say, um, but it's certainly certainly worthwhile and I plan on revisiting it uh, many times over so yeah and then so join us in 15 days from when this is posted we will be posting our second discussion where we're going to talk more in depth about this book and some of the topics surrounding it um, so that should be good we should probably we've been talking beforehand and we should probably have some disagreements but we'll have a good discussion about the atonement and the death of Christ and salvation justification all these things so if we get through this discussion and there's not a legitimate disagreement, it will be a legitimate miracle. So, <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. 